faces that are, you know, smile. <laughs> Jeremiah 29, let's read it together. For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans for welfare and not for evil, to give you a future and a hope. Then you will call upon me and come and pray to me, and I will hear you. You will seek me and find me. When you seek me with all your heart, I will be found by you, declares the Lord. And I will restore your fortunes and gather you from all the nations and all the places where I've driven you. Bring you back to the place. Amen. Praise somebody say, praise God. Let's, let's read that one more text. Uh, Psalm 119, verse 68, the next text. You ready? Let's read it together. You are good. Teach me your statutes. You are good, and you do good. Praise God for whom all blessings flow. All right, you can be seated. Praise God for his word. All right, so uh, there's another little video I'm going to show. Then I'll get started. It's a little video about, you'll see what it's about. Most of the time, life works out just the way it's supposed to, right? But every once in a while, something bad happens, and it all gets messed up. Suddenly, it becomes hard to see what's coming, and everything gets a little scarier. And we wonder, why did God let that happen? But you know what the Bible says about that? That God knows how to make good things come from bad things. You know why? Because God is good, and he loves to give us good things. The Bible says he is always working in the background, working making sense of everything for those who love him. So what do you do when life goes wrong? Do you blame God? Or will you trust him? 
Remember, even when things go wrong, God wants the best for us. He is always generous, kind, and caring. This is something we should never, ever forget. God is good. So, you know, and that's what we're focusing in on today. We're focusing on the goodness. Somebody say goodness. goodness. The goodness of God. Uh, because in a lot of instances, people don't think that God is good. You know, and if you don't think God is good, how can you worship a God that you think you have this distorted view of who he really is? Uh, you have this, uh, you know, experiences, exposures, uh, family origin and background can, uh, can cause us to have, in some instances, a negative and cynical uh, mindset about people. And we project on God what we think about people. We think God is like a person, but God's ways, the Word of God says, are not like our ways. His thoughts are not like our thoughts. Amen. He's not like us. Amen. And if we examine scripture and if we examine his son, we'll know that he's very different, very different and worthy of trust, worthy of being dependent upon. Praise God. And so the question is, there's, there's various barriers uh, that prevent us from understanding, you know, how beautiful, how precious, how lovely God is. You know, and we need to ask ourselves some questions. What do you think about God? Have you ever really just processed that? What do I really think about God? Amen. You know, I showed a video last week about uh, the vending machine. You know, so some people just think God is there to meet your big needs. And I can take care of my minor, small needs on my own. But God is there basically as a good God. Amen. But it's not his place, it's not his position to meet all of our greeds. Not needs, yes, but not greeds. So he's not a vending machine. He's not a genie in a bottle. He's not a cosmic bellhop. He's not a go for, for us. Amen. That's the reason he says, when you pray, pray according to my will. Amen. Find out which way I'm moving. Move with me. Pray. Say prayers that agree with me, that are affirming me, that uh, position you to be in my will. Amen, somebody. But too often the prayers are just a litany of desires, wants, greeds, not needs. Amen. Now, now don't, don't get it twisted. God will meet your needs according to his riches and glory, and that he'll even give you the desires of your heart. Amen, if it's according to his will. But he's a loving parent, you know, not a confused parent, a loving parent with clear, concise insight into what our needs are. Amen. So he can say no without any equivocation. He can say no without any hesitation. He can say no, delay it, or defer it, or he can give you what you, what you want and need. 
Amen? But we have to trust God to ha- that he has our best interests at heart. He's not a vending machine. Amen? He's not angry. You know, a lot of times we think God is some kind of bully. Uh-huh. You know, as if he's just walking around huffing, puffing, you know, waiting on you to mess up with a big stick in his hand ready to pounce on you, hit you upside the head. Amen. That is not his track record. Amen. Look at Jesus. How did he respond to sinners? How did he respond to detractors? How did he respond to opposition? How did he respond uh, to persecution? How did he respond to execution? Look at Jesus. And we see a person full of mercy and grace and love and compassion. Amen. Sensitivity, empathy. Amen. Not apathy, indifference, coldness, judgmentalness. He even said, I came not to condemn. He acknowledges that we're sick. He said, I'm a doctor. I'm like a doctor. I came to seek and save that which is lost. And those who are not sick don't need a physician. But if you just recognize and realize that there's some sickness there, mental, emotional, uh, intellectual, that there's, we're off a, a bit, distorted a bit, I can heal you. I can help you. I can rescue you. I can deliver you. I can set you free. That was his first announcement. I, he came declaring, I came to set the captives free. Thank you, Jesus. Isn't that powerful that we have a God that loves us like that? Another question we ought to be asking, how do you think God thinks about you? What, how do you think God thinks about you? What does he think about you? Amen. You know, so we devalue ourselves in many instances. We are God's creation. And he loves us so much. The word of God says, while we were yet in sin, he died for us. That's love. To know somebody's rebellious, to know somebody's aloof, to know somebody is apathetic and indifferent toward me, and I still sacrifice for them, that is unfathomable love. It's uncomprehendable love. It's a love beyond our understanding. That's how big, how bad, how strong our God is. Praise God. You know, so, so he loves us. He values us. You don't sacrifice yourself for something, somebody that you don't value. You know, you don't give your life for somebody that you don't value. You don't make available precious gifts for somebody that you don't value. You don't create a whole planet for somebody that you don't value. You don't Uh, you know, just orchestrate the coordination and alignment of the universe just to supply our needs. You don't do that for somebody you don't love. He loves us. He cares about us. He's a loving father. And that's hard for some of us to deal with because that's not our experience. We didn't have, you know, that kind of love. We wasn't feeling it like that. Or, you know, in our own minds, because we were rebellious, we created this tension and seemed like we were always at odds. So, 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 so we place God in this place as some kind of bully. Or, but it, or either, or if not that, he's discriminatory. You know, that, that he loves some folk and he cares about some folk and he uses some folk. He has a relationship with some folk, but not me. Amen? That he's exclusionary. He's discriminatory. He, he picks and chooses. He decides who he wants to be in relationship with, and I'm excluded from that. You know, they, they know him like that, but I don't. Amen. I remember uh, my identical twin brother, we were in college. He was in Slippery Rock 
State College in Slippery Rock, Pennsylvania. Anybody ever heard of that? It's way off the beaten path, I'm telling you. Cold. Mm. So he was up there. I was in Mobile, Alabama. And he came home from, uh, from, uh, uh, for, for, uh, for Christmas vacation, you know. And he had been born again, filled with the Spirit. He was, oh, Fred looking like Moses coming down off the mountain. He was like glowing. He had an aura in it. What, what they call it? A halo? Looked like I saw a halo on him. I said, what's up with that? So, you know, this, this is a brother that, you know, we did things together. Some good, some bad. I must confess. <laughs> Amen, somebody. He's my partner in crime in some instances. You know, they used to call us double trouble. <laughs> and my dad used to ask the question sometimes, why would one of y'all do wrong? Both of y'all got to be in it. I don't get it. Seems like one of y'all would make the decision and say, you know, just because you're going there, I'm not going there. But we both went in together. And uh, so my first motivation, I tell people this in my new partners class, my first motivation for wanting to know Jesus was jealousy, envy. Jesus, why you touch him, leave me out. You and mom just like this. You know, I always felt like I was a little smarter than Fred. <laughs> Amen. He seemed like he's more intelligent now. I said, what's going on? I don't like him having a one-up on me like this. You know, he looked like he, you know, communing with heaven somehow, getting communication in with God, hot off the wire. And I got absence and silence and darkness, no, no wavelength, no connection. Amen. I'm far from God. Look like he's close to God. I said, Lord, please help me. I want to know you too. So I start seeking after him. But, you know, but, 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 the, but the first adjustment was I tried to correct my own life. And I found I couldn't correct my own life. I tried to save myself. By just living differently, making different choices, trying not to do, to, do, to do certain things that I consider to be sinful. And so a kind of perception of God happened that God was just the person watching to make sure you don't mess up. And if you mess up, you ain't with God. Amen. But then I learned later that it was by grace, through faith, that I would receive and accept and believe and connect with God and that he would fill me with his spirit. He'd occupy me. All I have to do is open the door of my heart, let him in, believe on him, trust in him, you know, want him more than I wanted anything else on the face of the planet. And at that moment, he came in and he touched me as well. But it would be some months later. Amen. And so I experienced God. And and when I experienced God, I experienced him as love. And one of the first radical transformations that happened to me was he took some hate out of my heart. Because I had some stuff I was angry about. Amen. Growing up in the 70s, and you know, it was, it was, it was a tough time. And growing up in Alabama, you know, part of the first wave of folk integrating schools. And, you know, you seeing that segregation and that... A degradation and that, uh, you know, all the, all, the, all the negatives that you see and experience in the South. I was angry, but God taught me how to love. Tra changed my heart. Amen, somebody. And, and changed my mind. And somebody says, thank you, Jesus. And that's what God does. First, I had to experience him as 
a person of love, a God of love, and then he taught me how to love and still teaching me how to love, but I'm just saying, he, he, first a radical shift, a radical transformation, a renewing of the mind. That's what he wants to do in us, and we'd have to be open to him for him to renew our minds. How, how might your answers to this question about what God thinks about you affect your relationship with God and others? It affected my relationship with others to know that God was good and to know that God loved me. Amen? So I could extend myself to love. I could extend myself to be more compassionate. I could extend myself to, to distance myself from bitterness or hatred or malice, or, you know, vindictiveness, all those kinds of things that don't make up the character of God in us. Amen, somebody. So I got to understand that, that I got a battle, first of all, a battle for my heart. There's a battle for my heart. And God wants your heart. But in order for you to give him your heart, you got to believe that he's good. Amen, Amen somebody. You got to believe that he means the best for you, that he's looking out for you, that he wants to do good by you. Praise God. You can't think that somehow when you give your heart to him that he's going to do some damage to it. Or he's going to be a killjoy of some type. Amen? There has to be a belief that he is a good God and that, 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 that i got to win this battle and give him my all to dedicate my life, to give him totally my all in all. Amen, somebody? So, and, 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 and with that mindset, I also can't have a salad bar mindset about God as if I can pick and choose the things I like about him, things I don't like about him, to pick and choose the things I like about his word and the things I don't like about his word, and then I become God. Have mercy, Lord. Idols running rampant. Amen. So we don't want that. So we got to overcome the barriers. And one of the main barriers is the F-O-M-O. The F-O-M-O is the fear of missing out. You know? You know? Matter of fact, that's, that was the first sin. You know, when the serpent came to Eve and Adam, you know, and proposed that, you know, you can go ahead and eat of the fruit that's in the uh, garden and that God is basically, you know, you missing out on something. First temptation. You know, that God really isn't good. He's withholding something good from you. Amen. And so, you know, so, so, I, I, you know, so this fear of missing out was the motivation that Satan used to keep, to create distance, to create this chasm between God, uh, Adam and Eve, the first human beings. And it carries over with us today, the fear of missing out. You know, some folk, they can't get with God because they're scared they're going to miss out on what they want to do. They're scared they're going to miss out on the parties, scared they're going to miss out on the lifestyle, afraid they're going to miss out on being, consuming what they want to consume and going what they wanna, where they want to go and doing what they want to do as if God's going to be some kind of bully to beat them down somehow, amen, and prevent life from being fulfilling and satisfying. And the contrary is what's true, that life is fulfilling and satisfying when you are in Christ. That's when you're free. That's when you're full. That's when you're satisfied. That's when true joy occurs in your life. Otherwise, you're just chasing your own tail. Amen. You're just chasing like a dog, just running around in a circle. The, the very thing that you think is going to satisfy you, it's, it's going to become less and less satisfying the more you indulge. Amen. 
You're always trying to get to that next high, that next euphoric experience, that next, you know, excursion, that next great event, that great, next great vacation, that next great, you know, being a connoisseur or something, that next great taste. But God says, taste and see that I am good. That's what God says. Taste me. Partake of me. Consume me. Ingest me. Digest me. Praise God, because I am good. So, so, so God says, intake of who I am and what I'm about, and you experience true satisfaction. So, so God's goodness means he wants the very best for you and I. He wants the best for us. Amen? He wants the best for us. But we got to overcome that first sin, which is the fear of missing out. Amen? I don't want to miss out. Party over here. <laughs> don't want to miss out. Amen, somebody. And then the other thing is the idols that get in our way. I remember before I came to Christ, you know, two idols, pleasure and uh, basketball. Amen. I mean, I, I loved basketball. I thought I was going to. You know, it did send me through college. It was a blessing. Amen, somebody. But, but the bottom line is that it was way too important. Way too important. I spent more time dribbling and shooting and, you know, uh, working on bodies to get stronger and all that than any, anything close to be getting connected with God. And, uh, and I remember God starting to work on me, especially after I came to him. He started... It was right when I thought I was going to do my best at it, I had some kind of injury. Spring a, spring a ankle, strain a back, you know. And, and I, st I start listening. God, you're trying to tell me something. Amen, somebody. That I need to focus. So I had a four-year scholarship for playing basketball. My fourth year, I quit. I had a scholarship. I quit. My fourth year college, I said, I ain't playing basketball no more. I'm going to focus on... Uh, my studies, and I'm going to focus on getting to seminary. Amen, somebody. Now, that's a radical shift. Anybody that's been at this place, you know, that's a radical shift to make that decision. Mm-mm, I ain't playing no more ball. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm shifting in this direction toward God, and I've never regretted that, uh, that, uh, that decision, and I'm thankful to God that at my age, I can still play basketball. <laughs> so... There some blessings in it. You know, I know many folks' careers ended 20 years ago. Amen. I'm still out there trying to run around. Yesterday, yesterday a young guy was taunting me a little bit. Hey, old school, move your, move your feet, old school. I said, I'm moving my feet best I can right now. <laughs> Amen. But there are idols that are in our way. It may not be basketball. Amen. It may be fashion. It may be pleasure, it may be success, it may be status, amen, it may be entertainment of some type, you know, it may be sports, it, whatever it may be, but you don't want to put anything over God. To experience God's goodness, you got to give him first place in your life, amen, he's got to be numero uno, he's got to be number one, he's got to be first and foremost in your life, amen, you got to believe that God is good and he has your best interest at heart. 
Amen. Don't have a mentality of scarcity to think that he can't meet your needs or to, to think that if I don't do it this way, my needs won't be met. You need, you need to know that God can and will meet your needs. He does that. That's who he is. He's a good and a generous God. God has a spirit of generosity. Praise God. He looks out for our best interests. The word of God says, for the Lord God is a sun and a shield. The Lord bestows favor and honor. No good thing does he withhold from those whose walk is blameless. Lord Almighty, blessed is the one who trusts in you. Psalm 84, verse 11 and 12. Amen. And then Psalm 119, again, you are good and what you do is good. Teach me your decrees. Psalm 34 and 8. Taste and see that the Lord is good. Blessed is the one who, ta who takes refuge in him. Somebody say thank you, Lord. So, so he wants the very best for us. Uh, ask God to help you understand what is good. Amen. To help you have a better, you know, clearer understanding of what is good. Because if I don't see goodness, I can't be a true worshiper because I'm not truly thankful. Amen? So you got to see good. So do you see any good in you, in other people, in your life, in your circumstances, in your finances, in, in your job? Where's the good? Are you able to be content and thankful? Because what he wants to do is nurture us in the understanding that he is good. Even when things aren't necessarily going our way, even when there's trouble, the Word of God says all things work together for the good. He didn't say that all things were good. He said all things work together for the good, for those that love God and are called according to His purpose. So God can snatch good stuff out of bad stuff. God can snatch good stuff out of tough and difficult troublesome, trying times. God can show himself strong, beautiful. He can extend to us an understanding, a, a sighting of his glory, even in troublesome times. Matter of fact, Moses in the 34th uh, chapter of Exodus, one of the things that he, he asked God, God, show me your glory. Now this is in the midst of slavery. This is in the midst of oppression. This is in the midst of harsh circumstances for the children of God. But Moses said, show me your glory. Show me your goodness. In other words, even though we're having all these woes and lows, all this difficulty, we're an oppressed people, a strange people, an ostracized people, a belittled and devalued people. Amen, somebody. But in the midst of that, God is still good. So he said, God, show me your glory. Help me to see and experience you and to see your face. So we need to ask God, God, Show me your glory. You're in hard times. Show me your glory. Amen. Show me what you got going on. Show me what, you, what, you, what you're trying to show me. Show me what you, what you want me to see. Help me to sense your presence even in times like these. Amen, somebody. Even in times like these. You are so good. We got to believe that God is good all the time. And all the time, God is good. Amen. Even when life is difficult, even when it's tough. And we know that in all things, God works for the good. Amen. And we got to know that give thanks to God for the good things in your life. You know, too often we are thrown out of whack. We are discombobulated by 
what's wrong with our lives when there's so many things in our lives that are going so well. Amen, somebody. You got to come out of, out of that melancholy place. You got to uh, not allow the one negative to dominate your life. You know, you're having a wonderful day. One little glitch happens in that day, and you're ready to throw in the towel. You're ready to discount the whole experience. I'm having a terrible day. Why well, claim that? Amen. When you, when you need to be discounting and devaluing the negative, amen, discounting and devaluing the little interruptions that come and ask God to show you how to react to those things properly with the proper attitude so that you might sense and, 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 and realize his power in the midst of whatever's going on in our lives. Amen, somebody. The Word of God says every good and perfect gift is from above coming down from the Father of the heavenly lights, who does not change like shifting shadows. James 1 and 7. Amen, somebody. So, so, so God introduces into our lives good things, but we miss them. We miss his goodness. We miss good things. And we live out, in some instances, a distorted view of who God is. We try to project on, you know, this person, that God is like this person, that person, some authoritative person that won't kill joy. That's not God. God is a good God. And he wants the best. Somebody say the best. The best for you and I. He wants us to be intellectually good. He wants us to be emotionally good. He wants us to be financially good. He wants us to be relationally good. He wants us to be good. He wants the best for you and I. Isn't that a good God? But we got to get in touch with the good God. Amen. The God who watches over us. Psalm 84 again, it says, For the Lord God is a sun and a shield. The Lord bestows favor and honor. No good thing does he withhold from those who walk uprightly. Amen. In Romans 5 and 8, But God shows his love for us in that while we're still sinners, so accept this good God who has accepted you and I. That's, that's an indication of his goodness. That's a demonstration of his goodness. That is the evidence of his goodness that Jesus Christ sees us and loves us. That he gave his life on the cross for you and I. His death on the cross is, is, is solid evidence that his love is surpassing what we, what we think or feel or understand. It's beyond that. Amen? The power of his love has already been engaged. It's already been introduced. It's already been demonstrated. So all we need to do is embrace that love. Lord, I'm a sinner. You're my Savior. Save me. Touch me. Bless me. Come in me. Take up residence in me and help me, Lord God, to trust you more than anything else in the world. Amen? Can't nothing else save. Can't nothing else deliver. Can't nothing else set you free. You can try it. You can go out on some kind of excursion and uh, try to figure out what's satisfied, but only God does. Amen. Amen, somebody. Only God does. Everything else has a shelf life, if you will. But God is eternal. God is everlasting. God is all-powerful. God is altogether lovely. God loves you. God has demonstrated his love for us that while we were yet in sin, he died for us. Praise God. That's a good God. And the last text I want to mention, Romans 8 and 32, 
he who did not spare his own son, but gave him up for us all, how will he not also with him graciously give us all things? Amen. This is a God who loves us so much, he wants to provide for our needs. Amen. And you say, well, you know, folk needs to met anyway. Well, yeah, yeah, heathens and hellions and atheists and agnostics, they still have basic needs, but their hearts will never be right. Their hearts will never be fulfilled. Their souls will always be incomplete. There'll always be a deficit, a spirit of deprivation in their spirits as a result of a disconnect with God. Amen? But the connection with God fulfills us. It renews us. It restores us. It repositions us. It, it refurbishes our hearts and minds, praise God, and it takes us to a new place so we can come out of lostness. You know, dog didn't, he didn't intend to get lost, just like human beings. They don't intend always to get lost. The Word of God says we're like sheep, and I've used this analogy before. We're like sheep, and you know, sheep, they don't intend to get lost. They just got poor memories. I mean, that's like the children of Israel. Poor memories. God had just set them free. God had just delivered them. God had just opened up the Red Sea. God had just uh, heaped a ton of plagues on uh, the Egyptian slaveholders in order to set them free. But in the midst of that, they lost their way. Lostness can happen so quickly. You know, a sheep just kind of nibbling and walking, nibbling and walking, nibbling and walking. Next thing you know, he's lost the pathway to running water. He's lost the pathway to sustainable food. He's in an area that could be poisonous. He's not very discerning. That's why a sheep need a shepherd. Amen. The Word of God says sheep need a shepherd. Amen. People need a leader. We need to follow God, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And we need to be instructed by the Word of God, the ways of God, and become strong worshipers of God so that He can lift our spirits and direct our path. The Word of God says, in all thy ways acknowledge Him, and He will direct your path, praise God. That's the God we serve that wants to lead us to green pastures. That's why David could say, Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I fear no evil for my God. He's with me, praise God. His rod and his staff, they comfort me, praise God. I don't have to worry. Death may be here. Poisonous uh, plants may be here, but the shepherd will lead me out. Predators may be on the horizon, on my heels, but he'll lead me out of lostness into foulness. He'll lead me out of darkness into light. He'll lead me out of wrong into right. He'll lead me, praise God, because Jesus saves. He saves. Won't you stand all over the house? Jesus saves. Aren't you thankful? Aren't you thankful? Give him some praise. Aren't you thankful? You need to examine the goodness of God. Examine His goodness in your life, in your legacy, in your walk. His goodness is evident just in our design. Isn't this phenomenal what He's created? 
thinking, reasoning, rational, rational beings. You know, just everything calibrated perfectly. I mean, the degrees in your body can't sway down or up, but just a minute bit, and we're out of calibration. But he calibrates our hearts and calibrates our blood flow and cal calibrates every part of who we are with these phenomenal systems he's created in us. Nervous system, digestive system, you know, all the different systems. God's goodness is evident in creation. If you just look around and see the beauty of a lovely rainbow after one of these nice afternoon showers. Amen, somebody. Just cools the hot spot down. Isn't God good? If you just look around and see and sense in nature, you'll see God. And God is good. If you go in the grocery store and you got choices, you ought to be thankful to God for the choices. Oh, you just, you just sitting there at the counter trying to figure out, do I have a taste for this? Or do I have a taste for that? Do I want this or do I want that? Amen, somebody. And here you are making choices. You got, you affluent if you got a choice. Amen. If it ain't just succotash, you know, you just throw it, throw everything together. Amen, somebody. You got a choice. Somebody say, thank you, Jesus. So why not respond to loving, good, gracious God that's given us positioning on the planet where we're living in the lap of luxury, Affluent, respond to him by being generous yourself. Respond to him by being good yourself. Respond to him by being good, generous, and gracious to other people. Respond to him by loving like he loves. Respond to him by worshiping him in spirit and in truth. Respond to him by loving him with all your heart, your mind, your soul, your strength, your intellect, your thoughts, your reasoning. Give him your all. And he can be trusted to take good care of your heart. That's what it's all about. He can be trusted to take good care of your heart. So I want to invite somebody to make a decision today to step out on faith, to come forward in his name, to connect with who he is and what he's about. Maybe it's a reconnect. Maybe you're already in Christ. Now you seeking a church home, a family, a fellowship to be a part of, we invite you today, don't put it off, to step out onto these aisles, to come forward, say excuse me to the person near you or next to you, and come forward in his name, to let, us, let him have his way in you today, to the glory of Almighty God. Say, I'm yours, and I just want to affirm it and acknowledge it and recognize you as my God, and I love you. And I'm going to do a PDA today, a public display of affection today to the glory of God. And there's, there's a scripture that aligns with this. It says, if you acknowledge me before men, I will acknowledge you before my Father who is in heaven. So a window of opportunity is open right now for a blessing. Amen. You can also fill out the Connect card. There's a place on that card to say, I want to be a member. I want to be a partner. But make a decision today. Connect with what God is doing today. Connect with the church of Jesus Christ today. And we invite you to come in the name of Jesus Christ. We're going to worship for a few moments and we invite you to come.
Praise Him, praise Him, praise Him. Holy Spirit. You're welcome here. Thank you, Lord. I want to be overcome by you, Lord God. 